Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey everybody, thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of the podcast, Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability. I am of course your host, Andrew Gerza, your thick cripple... Yeah, that's dirty. Your disabled boyfriend experience, your disabled heartthrob, your crippled content creator. I'm a number of different things to you. I may be your man crush for your Crip Crush Friday. I'm all the things. But anyway, I'm excited you're here and I'm excited to start this brand new episode with you. So let's do it right now. Before we get to our topic today, I want to let you know that I'm recording this On a Saturday night at 10.06 p.m., I had an awesome conversation that I had with a guest yesterday about something that we talked about a year ago on the show that I wanted to revisit, but then our our audio fucked up and I couldn't use it and it wasn't usable. So I was like, well, do I go a week without having an episode or do I, you know, rally through and give my audience something? And I, of course rallied through for you because I know we love talking about sex and disability so this episode might be a little bit more loopy than usual because I'm a little bit tired but this is all for you so let's get to the show. So you've heard me talk about my kinks on the show a little bit. You've heard me talk about how I like to wear harness. You've heard me talk about some of the things that I really enjoy doing sexually in bed. You've heard all those things but I haven't really confess something to you, something that I'm just coming to learn about myself that I wanted to share with the Disability After Dark audience. And so I have a little bit of a crippled confession for you, if you will. Get ready. This revelation is pretty explosive and groundbreaking, just like when I come. So the confession is, I'm into puppy play. Now, if you're hearing this and thinking to yourself, and thinking about golden retrievers and play- and how they're playing with each other and being adorable, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I guess I'm into puppy play too. Hang on just one second. This isn't really that kind of episode. But if you're into fetish and kink and you heard me say that I'm into puppy play just now, you know exactly what I'm talking about and exactly what I mean, and you may have just given an aroo or a woof upon hearing me say that I that I'm coming out. As a puppy. And so that's why I've named this episode Introducing Power Puppy My Fascination with Pup Play and Disability. So, for those of you listening and have just heard me kind kind of come out as a puppy and are like, and you have no fucking clue what a puppy is and puppy play is, and are wondering how all this connects to sexuality and disability. This podcast will be your introduction to my pup identity, Power Puppy. So let me tell you how my introduction to pup play 
kind of started and how, how I got involved with it and why. Let me kind of lay down for you why I think it's so important for me as a disabled person and how I think it could help the disabled community generally. So my introduction to pup play was pretty random. A dude that I was hanging out with a couple years ago started calling me a puppy and he started calling me his puppy and I thought that this was just a term of endearment for me and so I was immediately enamored to this nickname and I was like this is great I was totally drawn to I was all for it because I was like oh you're calling me a puppy a name that you've chosen for me like a nickname for you and I to have together and that's really awesome and I'm totally down for that now the more I look on that it really connected to the other part of pup play and so I'll get into that in a little bit, but it, I was initially drawn because somebody called me a puppy. Somebody that I was really into was calling me puppy, and I was like, that's great. Awesome. So when I looked into pup play a bit further, I discovered that, that puppy play was a part of the kink and BDSM scene where typically gay or queer men will act like dogs, and this will manifest itself in ways like wearing a puppy hood, being on all fours, scritching and scratching each other, sniffing, you know, playing fetch, rolling over, being being told what to do, going through obedience training as a human pup, all those things will manifest themselves in pup play. And some of, and some of you are like, oh, so it's basically dudes being acting like dogs. And yeah, it can look like that. But I, as I'll explain, I think it goes a bit deeper than that. But let me explain to you more of my first initial thoughts once I read that pup play was all about kind of acting like a a dog a little bit and how I felt as a disabled person. So I fought super hard for my independence in my life and my autonomy, especially as a wheelchair user who needs so many things in my everyday life. I've thought I've fought really hard to be seen as an independent person and as somebody who can do things for themselves and is completely self-reliant. Um, so the idea that I would be connected to an animalistic persona or seen as less than human in any way felt sort of kind of troubling and I wasn't really sure if I should be engaging with this kind of kink because one of the thoughts that I had and still sometimes continue to have is that people think oh naturally Andrew might be into this kind of play because he's a deviant he's disabled and therefore he needs he would, of course, he'd be into this because his disability makes him a deviant or something and makes him more animalistic. And, you know, people think that disabled people are are hypersexualized all the time. So I didn't really want to initially connect myself with pop play because I didn't want all that mythology around sex and disability to pervade this new identity that I was trying on to see how it felt for me. And so I was really concerned about even calling myself a pup and I remember when I realized what it was I said to that lover of mine we, we you know we don't hang out anymore but I said maybe you shouldn't call me that like maybe we shouldn't do that and here's why and I laid it out um but I remember feeling really uncomfortable about it and you know for me identifying as a pup and kind of coming out as a pup actually the podcast is the first time this episode right now that I'm recording right now is the first time where I've ever officially, you know, come out as as being a pop in part of my sexual identity as a disabled person. So 
So, I mean, even recording this right now is a big deal, but part of that coming out as a pup, as a disabled pup, a pup with disabilities, if you will, PWD is pup with disabilities, or should be, yo. Um, So part of that is that sexual ableism and internalized ableism rears its ugly head when, when disabled people enter kink communities like this, and that's a testament to how strong our beliefs and feelings about sex and normalcy are and how what they how they really come out when we start talking about sexuality and kink especially around disability um so i i struggle with the idea of already being seen and read as queer and disabled and as a wheelchair user and now i'm i'm gonna add being a pop to that like how many more labels and things can i add to my identity to make myself less normal and less kind of falling in with with the crowd you know so i i did struggle with like oh you're gonna be a pop too now great just let's add that onto the pile of things that make you different how do we deal with this that's definitely something that i continue to struggle with as i come out publicly as being part of the pop community as a disabled person But the more I did my research and I read up on puppy play, it connected to my experience of disability and I wanted to share how I think pup play dovetails really well with disability and what that means for me. There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark, but first we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So. We'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carry sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey you, podcast listener. Yeah, hey, listen up. Hey, shut up! <laughs> I know you're looking for new things to binge. And purge. <laughs> <laughs> Gayish is about gay stereotypes. We've talked about depression, drag queens, uh, butt stuff, fisting, animals. Uh, fisting and animals are two different episodes, <laughs> just to clarify. You can find us on iTunes or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Tell your mom. She's probably gay. <laughs> hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just wanted to let you know that I have started recording minisodes for the show. And if you're like, Hey, Andrew, what's a Minnesota? Let me tell you. A Minnesota is a little tiny morsel of awesomeness of Disability After Dark where you, the listener, get to write in anything about disability you want to tell me about, a story, a letter, a thought, uh, a topic idea. Just tell me about your life as a disabled person. Um, or if you're non-disabled and you have questions about disability you want me to answer, write in and let me know, and then we can really build a community around disability and we'll put them in a little 10 minute minisode that we'll play before the full episodes it'll come out they'll come out every wednesday so if you want to write a minisode write me your thoughts feelings emotions ideas about disability you can write them to our new email address for the podcast you can write them to 
disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And then I will read them back to you. That's the, I'll read them back to you and we'll wildly speculate about them together. So submit your things for a minisode to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And we're back, and I want to thank Come As You Are for being an amazing sponsor, and I want to thank all the Patreon pledges that come in. I think we got four this past month so far. I really, really appreciate it that you're able to put your hard-earned money to support crippled content, and again, I really made it as accessible as I can for those who can't pledge a lot, but every little bit helps this show go. So again, I really just wanted to say that I appreciate you, and thank you for putting that out there. I just want to also let you all know that I'm also a speaker. I give talks around sexuality and disability all the time. And if you're looking for somebody to bring Disability After Dark to do a live show, to maybe do a lecture, to maybe do a a presentation on what it is that I do as a crippled content creator and all those things, consider hiring me to be one of your speakers or to consult on events or things like that. So hit me up and I can also do digital things over Skype. I do a lot of my work over Skype and I can provide talks and workshops that way, but I would just thought I would do a shameless plug to let you know that I'd love to bring a disability after dark to you in person. But now, back to the show. Everything I'm reading about the pup headspace says that in order to be a puppy, you have to relax and to let go. And to be a pup means that it you can be liberated from the day the day to day stresses of your life, and I re- I found an article on Pride.com that reads, "The pup headspace is extremely liberating," and they say that most people live stressful lives, balancing a schedule, navigating traffic, trying to save money and go to the gym five or six times a week. My pup headspace is a is a chance to break away from all that. So people are saying that being a pup allows them to just relax. And to let go, and I think this connects really well to the to our ideas of disability and ableism. And for me, being a disabled pup or a pup with disabilities, it allows for me to let go of all the ableism that I'm constantly dealing with, all of the shame and anger around my disability that I carry sometimes, all of the fear that I'm going to be rejected, all of the fear that I'm too much. Being a pup allows for me to not have to worry about that so much and just let go and enjoy the moment. Going into my pup persona as a pup with disabilities allows for me to be way more present and allows for, for me to go into moments with a sense of, of excitement and joy and want where when I, a lot of times when I, when I think about my disabled identity, I am thinking about so many different things and about all of the strictures that are around that and pup play allows for me to just be disabled and be a puppy at the same time and it brings those two worlds together in a way that's kind of awesome and really really fun and really I mean I haven't encountered a lot of pup spaces but the pup mentality of letting go and just enjoying yourself that's what I really connect to and as a disabled person sometimes you know we're taught how to act and we're taught that we have to act quote-unquote, as normal as possible. And I often struggle with how I am perceived out in the world by other people. And this this pup persona allows for all those things that I pushed down below myself with because of ableism and because of fear and because I've been rejected so much by 
communities because of disability. This pop persona allows for all of that to come out and at times when it feels like I want to give affection, like I want to be a little bit needy, like I want to be touched and petted and told that I'm, you know, good and told that I have value. Pop play allows for me to explore all that and also bring disability into a part of that as well. I have in the notes here that it allows for me to be a palsied pup and to connect disability and and kink together in a way that's really, really cool. Palsied pup sounds kind of hot though too, right? I mean, who would have thought that pup play could help to combat ableism? And that's kind of awesome. That's And it's super important. And we need to talk more about how kink play and pup play should be including people with disabilities for sure I, I would love to see a lot of the spaces where pup play happens are not physically accessible to those with mobility needs and stuff like that so I'd love to see pup spaces with ramps and 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 you know attendant care if they need it or things like that because so many of these spaces don't allow for disabled people and I think the community of pups are missing out on that are missing out on opportunities to grow their brands and grow their kink and include disabled people in that. A couple of months ago, I had a friend of mine come up from New York to just visit me and he brought a pup hood with him and he said, do you want to try the pup hood on? And I was like, okay, sure. So I put it on and there was a picture of me on social media wearing the pup hood and a harness. And I looked right at the camera when he took the picture and I looked at the pup hood and I looked at me in it and I looked at kind of all of that together and I thought yeah this really does fit this really makes me feel like I can have all the things that I want to and I, it really was a such a cool image because I saw myself as a pup and I saw myself as in this part of myself that I had have so often denied this carnal kind of primal fun version of myself this really carefree version of myself that wanted that wanted to just play and be playful and have fun and so so seeing myself in the harness really really solidified that for me and also I was fucking hot as a pup I think power puppy is really attractive and it's really a, f a fun part of my persona that I get to explore when I put on a pup mask and call myself a puppy in my reading about pup play also I found I found someone who said that you know they have anxiety and they have social anxiety and they have some chronic illnesses as well and being a pup allows for them to relax a lot more and feel like they have community and they don't worry so much about their chronic illness because they're in a pup headspace and I think that's really awesome and I think we should be talking more about how pup play can be used to discuss disability and discuss disability identity and make it make people feel better in their disabled identity I think that's really really important and I'd love to see more writing and more research on that. In, in much of what I saw in the pup articles, pups were able-bodied and pups were non-disabled and pups were able to do things that many disabled pups can't do. And I'd love to see writing on how pup play and disability go together. I know, I know I have people who are doing, I have friends who are doing, Facebook friends who are doing work on theses on pup play. And I'd love to provide my insights as a pup with disabilities for your papers if you like and if anybody is writing articles on pup play hit me up around disability because we should be talking about it more
In a lot of the pup play scenes that I read about too, it spoke about a really important relationship between the alpha pup and the the beta pup or the omega pup and how you can build packs and community around that. And I think disability I'm a, I'm a lone pup right now. I don't have a pack and I've not been I've not been brought into that, but I think disability allows for us to look at how we can bring disability into these communities and like w there was a big discussion of handlers and how a handler or a sir would deal with their pup and I think it's really interesting to look at how how do you how would you handle a pup who uses a wheelchair how would you how would you do that what would that look like within the kink within the context of kink scenes I think that's really really fascinating because we don't see that for instance in a lot of the marketing I saw around being a puppy you would see the human pup on all fours in a collar with leather and that's great but how would that look if either the handler was disabled so the handler was holding the human pup in their in their wheelchair with the collar or the human pup was disabled being held by a able bodied handler how would that look and what would that mean and how would that change the dynamic of the relationships within the pup community I think that's something really valuable that we should be exploring. Now, if you're wondering what kind of puppy I am, let me tell you. I was reading today about someone being called. I was looking in my in the in the work that people had written about pup play, and somebody mentioned on a, a Reddit forum, I think, that they were a therapy pup, and I was immediately like, "Yep, that's totally me. I'm definitely a therapy pup." And I thought this connected really well to the disability experience because, as we know from dealing from hearing about therapy dogs and therapy pups, um, therapy dogs provide love and support and understanding when something happens to you. And I feel like as a disabled person, there's not a lot that I can do for you physically as a wheelchair user. I can't like, I can't necessarily run over and be there for you physically, but I can provide support and lend an ear and just be there for you to have all your emotions. So I feel like as a therapy pup, that's definitely what I feel like I am. As power puppy, I feel like I'm a therapy pup. And I feel like um, also if we're to look at the kind of breed of dog that I would be if I, we're going into the headspace, I would say that I'm a golden retriever pup. And they're friendly and playful and want affection. And I'm the kind of person in the pup headspace when you call me a puppy, I'm loyal to a fault. I'll be your friend. Even if you hurt me a bunch of times, I'll still come back to you and I'll ask for love and affection. So I felt like Golden Retriever was the perfect kind of pup for me. Pup play has also really opened me up to the fact that when, you know, when something with a disability happens, it's okay. Like if I have a spasm or if I jump or if something happens that I would normally be embarrassed about. In the pup space, I don't have to be embarrassed about that, and that's kind of really awesome for me. I like how I can be a puppy and not have to worry, not not feel embarrassed if I jump or have a spasm when I'm a puppy. When I can play that way, that's okay. So pup headspace has allowed for me to, to let some of that go too. I'm just thinking out loud here, but also when I, I talked once on the podcast about how you know, having an accident with your partner may not be the sexiest thing ever. Maybe in pup play, that can relax a little bit because sometimes puppies have accidents and maybe we could look at it as a way of allowing for disabled things that might happen that are super embarrassing to be seen as more okay. 
and to be seen as all right if they were to happen. And lastly, I want to just suggest that pup play can also be a great vehicle for those of us who may be living with disabilities who don't always want to identify as having a disability and want to try on something new and want to try a different identity and want to move away from disability and want to not always feel disabled. This is not my own personal view, but I think it's important to note that if you did want to try to be someone else and transform yourself, there have been many moments in my experiences where I have wished about what they, what would things be like if I were different? What would things be like if things were different? And this foray into pop play might give somebody with a disability the chance to try on a whole new identity that isn't built around disability if they wanted to. All right, so that's my introduction to me to my uh, my kink identity as power puppy. For those of you who are listening who are like, oh, that's a whole new part of Andrew I wasn't aware of, well, there you have it. For those who kind of knew I was into this sort of kink, Aru, hello, woof, woof. Uh, and I really hope we can talk more about kink scenes and bringing disability into them, and that's what the goal of today's podcast was. So I hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Disability After Dark. Alright, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing. You help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities. So I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018